Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we're joined by A's first baseman Matt Olson to talk about the broken hamate bone that will keep him out of the lineup the next six to eight weeks, and his thoughts on the addition of Kendris Morales. Then John Shea and I talk about Morales in greater depth, as well as the challenge Oakland faces in restarting this season after their Japan trip. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we welcome in Matt Olson, the A's first baseman, who's dealing with an injury. He broke the hamate bone in his right hand, hitting a foul ball in Tokyo last week. Matt, first of all, um, what was it like when you made contact? Did you did you realize instantly something was wrong? Uh, yeah, I knew something was up right away. Um, just I kind of tried to keep shaking it out the next few pitches, and I think I just had adrenaline going to get through that bat. Um, but once I got to second base, I was kind of like, it, get, it kept getting worse. I turned to D. Gordon, who was close, and I asked him where your hamate was, and um, he told me where, and I was, I was pretty much right where it was at. So I started getting a little worried about it, and then when they came around, I tried to see if I could still go, and I went in and tried to like take a couple dry swings and could barely even hold the bat so at that point I, I knew something was up. Uh, you've had many teammates that have had the same injury and it's a it's a surgery but uh, it's fairly simple having so many guys that you can kind of talk to about it has that helped? Yeah I, I think anytime you got a guy who's done what you're going through before it'll help. Um, sure once I get the stitches out and I can start swinging and stuff I'll be able to pick their brains a little more right now it's kind of just a waiting period but um, yeah it's good it's, it's not it's not a muscle where you have to kind of keep worrying about it when you come back um, you know once I get my grip strength back and the pain goes away it, it should be full go um, what was the surgery like is it fairly simple yeah in there for about 40 minutes um, they did a nerve block so I couldn't feel anything on my arm and went in, cut off the little piece that hangs off and um, I think maybe shaved down some of the other bone and then sewed me back up. So, so you could like watch it as it was going on? No, I they, they put the sheet up. I, I'm not very in for watching that. They don't like give you a video or anything. Did they give you like the sliver of bone? They showed me, they took a picture of it and showed me, but they didn't give it to me. Oh, man. I know some guys, when they get the, like, the rib kind of removed, uh, they'll get the rib. And uh, I remember you had a teammate, I can't remember who it was, who had, like, his rib on it as a necklace. So, I don't know, maybe you could have, yeah, you could have maybe done that. I don't know, Matt. That's yeah, I'll call him about been. it, get him sent to me. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you're going to be out for probably six weeks-ish or so, um, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the A's yesterday uh, made a trade to bring in Kendris Morales to play a little bit of first. What have your impressions been of him uh, from playing against him over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing that pops in my head is just a, a veteran bat, um, someone that, that comes in and has good at-bats every time he steps up to the plate. Um, he's been around for so long, a good, solid switch-hitting first baseman. So um, I'm sure a big part of that was to have him come in and maybe have someone behind Chris who's, um, I mean, who's been around. Obviously, you know the name, Kendrys Morales, and 
not that not that nobody else would have been perfectly fine, but um, you know, just understanding the process and hopefully he comes in and, and settles in uh, quickly and we get rolling. We talked about this a little bit the other day, but you guys had so many injuries last year, particularly to the rotation, and it seemed like nothing phased this team. How much does that experience last year, essentially going through two full rotations and having a few other injuries here and there, how much does that help you this season when you actually do have expectations on the team? Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, you know, last year we might not have had the expectations from outside, but I think we had the same expectations that we have this year. Um, you know, the fact that everybody else is kind of hopping on board doesn't really affect us. And, uh, you know, I think we still kind of look at it like we're viewed, that we're not viewed uh, the way that we should be. So still kind of playing with that chip on our shoulder. And, um, you know, we got, we got a ton of confidence from last year and the, and the season that we played and got a little taste of the postseason and want to go further. How do you see this team and, and kind of the talent that you have knowing now what the roster is, what the rotation looks like, and, and maybe even more knowing what you guys might be getting back in midseason with some of the pitchers that are currently injured? Yeah, we, I mean, we got a great team. Um, top to bottom, starting pitching, obviously the bullpen is unbelievable, and um, one through nine in our lineup, even the guys coming off the bench. Um, you know, we, we have what it takes to make a good run at it, we got the right attitude in the clubhouse. Everybody gets along. So uh, we'll see what happens. You guys got to see one division opponent in Seattle in uh, Tokyo, and now you're about to face the Angels here for four games. What are your thoughts sort of overall on the division? Uh, it's got to be one of the toughest in the major leagues. Um, between the Astros, the Angels have an incredible roster. I know they didn't necessarily have the year that they wanted last year, but um, you know, there's just not a team that you can take lightly. Uh, Seattle, who everybody thought was was dumping this whole offseason, um, they got a really good lineup and a good squad. And, you know, it's just it's going to be same thing as last year. Um, a lot of beating up on each other, but uh, you know, hopefully we come out on top and just got to continue to play these guys as well. Uh, now, my final question is: you you now have a Gold Glove. Uh, do you actually have it already? How do is it? Do they like make a mold of your glove and like? I, how does it work? Do Do you understand the whole process of getting the actual gold glove? Is it solid gold? Tell me. Uh, so it was actually my model of glove. Uh, I forget if it was hard or if it was like the actual glove and they like coated it. I don't know. It was heavy. <laughs> I know that when I picked it up, but I think I don't have it yet, and I think I'm getting it tomorrow they're doing some like ceremony yeah. and then i think i finally get to take it after that but what, what are you going to do with it i don't know i don't have i don't have room for it at my condo in atlanta so i'll probably park it at my parents house until i have like a, a man cave or something i don't think they'll complain about that no they'll be fine with that <laughs> matt olson thanks for joining us on ace plus thanks Susan. thanks to matt olson for his time today we will be right back with john shea Welcome back to A's Plus. We are joined by John Shea, the Chronicles national baseball writer, for our uh, semi-regular Shea Hay segment, which is one of my favorites. Uh, John, we haven't had an, an opportunity to speak since the A's played uh, their games in Japan, and since then, obviously, Matt Olson broke the hamate bone in his right hand. 
he'll be out anywhere from let's say four for we were just discussing this it's very unclear four to eight weeks obviously he will have to play some to get back into the swing of things so it's a little unclear exactly how long it'll be but I, I would think he's probably not going to be back until mid-may um, optimistically probably more likely late may but the a's then um, went out and acquired Kendris Morales, who I'm sure everyone is familiar with from having seen him play for, for other teams. What, what are your thoughts on, first of all, on Olsen's injury and then uh, on, on the ace picking up Kendris Morales? It seems the, the Hammett issue is uh, one of the toughest things to de deliver a, a prognosis because so many people have come back at a variety of times from three weeks to, to six weeks to eight weeks. And I remember this is how old I am. 1989, Jose Canseco missed like the first half of the season, and he was voted onto the All-Star team despite not playing a game because of uh, the Hammond. And that was the first time I ever heard about it. And by the way, his twin brother uh, uh, broke his Hammond like three days apart. You know, so twin weird. brother. That's the way it is, that right? Is so bizarre. And oh, and speaking of which, I'd hate to interrupt you, but do you remember Jose Guillen? broke mm. his hammock bone mm. when he was here and wound up playing with it. He refused oh, to go right. on the uh, d then DL, now injured list, uh, with it and played all the way down the stretch because the A's were going to the playoffs. And he went into the playoffs with a broken hammock bone and actually was one of the A's better players, I think, in the postseason. So uh, that's very unusual. Obviously, that's not, not recommended. You need to have that oh. thing taken out when it's broken. Matt Olson can't grip a bat, he said. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a useless bone for the uh, modern person. We're in 2019, and apparently uh, we're born with these things we don't really even use or need because Pablo Sandoval had one out in the left and one out in the right, and he'll never ha have another Hammett issue, issue for the rest of his life because uh, he has none. It's the appendix of the hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, who would have thunk it? Um, so, it, yeah, Billy Bean was saying it could be six weeks, which meant a week before the season, five weeks into the season, which means early May, but everyone is different, and that's his bottom hand, and that's probably a little more important. That stays on the bat as opposed to the top hand, which will come off the bat, and I'm told that uh, that's the more important hand when swinging, and obviously he's got pop, and he'll need that. Uh, and so, you know, real unfortunate thing for a guy who's played 162 games last year, the most durable player on the team, and just a freak inju injury on a swing, a foul ball, and now he's out uh, the first month. But, but what an acquisition. I was thinking there would be no way they could get anybody like this, and they did. Uh, Canna and Profar, platoon sounded okay in the interim. Uh, we've seen Canna over there a lot. Uh, Profar made an error the other day in the Bay Bridge series on a hard hit ball to him. He's very athletic. He looked fluid. He looked smooth over there in, in you know, pregame when I saw him a couple of times. But, I mean, they got him to play second base, and he didn't even have a first baseman's mitt. He played there a little bit last year, and he still didn't have his own. And he came to camp with nothing but a second baseman's glove. So. So I think we're going to see him in the season opener today, the Oakland opener, that Oakland is. Oakland opener, yes. And, um, but we might not see him again yeah. <laughs> at first base this year. I think that would probably be ideal for the A's. Bob Melvin made it sound like uh, Morales will be in a platoon at first base, presumably with Mark Canna, who, who plays pretty well there. Uh, Talking to David Force last night, obviously defensively the A's take a hit, but as he said, you know, you're talking about Matt Olson, a gold glove 
first baseman, he said anybody is going to be, you know, not as good as Matt Olson. So I think the A's just feel like you fill in the gap as long as you need to, and then you get Olson back. And you're talking about Kendris Morales. He's a guy with more than 200 big league home runs. He's always been great against the A's. Seems to be the guy who comes up in a big late game situation and homers uh, every time. A veteran experience, great clubhouse reputation. For his former teammates uh, in the A's clubhouse really speak highly of him. So uh, considering the A's are on the hook for less than $2 million of his contract and sent a low-level uh, minor leaguer who, who hit 239 at uh, Class A Beloit last year to Toronto for him. I think, honestly, this looks like a little bit of a steal to me. Yeah, and I've always liked Morales for this reason. Uh, it, was, it was May 29, 2010, and he hits a walk-off grand slam as an angel against Seattle, and he comes across a plate, and we might hopefully I mean, he, he came across the plate and, and jumped for joy, landed on the plate and blew his leg out, missed the rest of the year. And I always thought it was great uh, on his part that he sort of recreated himself, that people wondered if it was such a gruesome injury, was he going to play again? And not only did he play again, he's played for a long, long time after that. And we saw him a lot inside the division with Seattle and Anaheim. And now, now he's got a, another team in the in the West here. So I, I I credit him for not only working hard to come off that injury, and I'm told uh, Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero was like a mentor to him and really uh, uh, pushed him to not only return but return as a great ball player. And he really did. Um, he's got some pop, and you know, in this lineup, I guess you could never have too much pop in this day and age. Well, and the A's were so right-handed heavy. They were right-handed heavy even before the Olsen injury. That left zero true left-handed hitters on the roster, two switch hitters. Now, Morales is also a switch hitter. Clearly, he's going to be the guy batting against right-handed pitchers um, uh, with Canna in there. But that's, uh, I think, more than anything, you need a big left-handed hitting bat behind Chris Davis. That's what they were going to be without. Uh, Chris Davis, I think, was as a much a cons consideration for this move as anything else. And this gives him a little more protection than, you know, having another yet another right-handed hitter behind him, a Piscotti, you know, all fine hitters, of course, but you like to go a little bit left-right when you can. Um, now the A's are returning from Japan. Of course, they come back and they have three games against the Giants. Uh, so they go back to the preseason um, and before they open here against the, the Angels, um, starting the regular season again. What do you think of this, this arrangement? Clearly, the A's have done it before. It did not give them any problems of 2012 when they did it this way. Uh, they go on to win the division on the final day of the season. They felt like the, the trip brought them together as a team. But uh, what, what are your impressions as sort of a national baseball writer of these international trips and, and whether they sort of disrupt the flow of the season or you know maybe uh, baseball fans get shorted a little bit not really being able to see some of these games at two in the morning well I think MLB and Japan does everything to accommodate these players unlike I think it was 1970 the San Francisco Giants went to Japan for part of spring training a lot of them came back sick uh, and, and, and they just kind of came back and went right into games there was no downtime they used the Japanese baseball so they weren't used to the major league baseballs they and, and it, it, was kind of, it was kind of a bummer for that team because it got off to a, a, a tough start and, and, um, and a lot of players never recovered. I think Marichal uh, got sick and was slow to recover. But, but nowadays, you know, the first class, the, the, any food they want, they bring their own cooks. Um, you know, they, they cycle it so that the sleep uh, rhythm is, is the best it possibly could be. They did give them a day off here after the flight 
but then they, the next day they were out here for a, for a couple hours that I attended the, uh, the workout. And I'm saying, well, give them another day. Just go right into the Bay Bridge series. Three meaningless games. And then they go and sweep the Giants. They look pretty good. The pitching seems to be on all cylinders and in a lot of ways. And uh, obviously they out-hit the Giants by a ton. And uh, so now we have the finished product, uh, the re-opener, I guess. You can't call it opening day. You can't call it the home opener, home opener because those, both those games in Japan were considered games, o o yeah. Oakland home games, so they only play, what, uh, uh, 79 games here in the Coliseum this year. Yeah, which um, I don't know if, uh, for people listening, I think we've explained this a lot over the years. It's always the A's home games when they go over there. The A's are reimbursed essentially for two sellouts when mm -hmm. they're there. And they, they would usually sell out an, an opener, but they wouldn't necessarily sell out the second game of a season. So this is this provides them with extra money. And the players now are all paid $60,000 to go over there. So nobody's complaining. The A's feel like it's a good experience for the players, uh, bonds them and, you know, new perspective and cultural enrichment yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I honestly, I'm a big fan of it. Of course, I get a trip to Japan out of it, so I'm, I'm never going to complain about it. 0-2 is the one complaint. Yeah, 0-2, yeah. In, in, in the worst case scenario, you want 1-1. One and one. So right. at least you go home 500. But 0-2, yeah. uh, Bob Melvin it's, the other day called it, well, it was just a dream, never happened. <laughs> well, it's just two games. I mean, it's not like they went, got yeah. swept in three or four or something yeah. like that. So uh, uh, here they are back on home soil, uh, et cetera. Um, uh, sort of the, with the Morales move, comes uh, the fact that Franklin Barreto is getting sent down. Now, a lot of fans seemed upset about that, which I understand. I know he has been talked about for a long time as a top prospect. He had another great spring. He's always had very, very good springs for the A's. He's done everything the A's have asked him. Bob Melvin said it's, it's hard to send him down every time he does it. Um, but when you look at it, had Matt Olson been healthy, he was not going to make the roster anyway. So I don't really see that there's much of a difference. You need him playing all the time. He wasn't going to play all the time here uh, with, you know, either Profar or Canna playing first base, you know, maybe an occasional start at second or or something, but uh, he wasn't going to be playing every day. So I got no problem with that. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, Barreto move? Well, I thought he would be a regular this year uh, once they decided against uh, Jed Lowry because uh, he was he's like the last uh, player in, in that big group of players who came from single-A, double-A, Triple A, Chapman, Olsen, etc. All the, all those guys who came up and won together. He was the youngest. He and now he, obviously he has the least uh, amount of service time. I mean, how many options does he have left? How how, how many years can they keep doing this to him? Um, I think he's out of options. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> so maybe that's good for him, because uh, you know, as we see, uh, teams are placed uh, or players are placed uh, either on their team or on another team when they are suddenly out of options, and maybe that. Maybe it has to go to next year to, for him to, but he'll he'll be the first man up if there's an injury to any of these infielders. And he seems to have a really good attitude. And Melvin said he's one of his favorite guys, and he hates to do this all the time, but he has to keep doing it. Lowry, in the last couple of years, to his credit, credit stayed on the field, and had his best year last year, and turned it into a big contract with the Mets. And uh, you know, obviously, Frankie better defensive player than Jed. And, but then they got Profar. I thought that was a heck of a deal. They didn't give up a whole lot, and they have an everyday guy who might not have hit his prime yet. Who, who's, who's got some pop, can hit both sides of the plate. Uh, you know, more range than Jed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting. Um, I've seen it both ways in spring training. Remember last year when they had a left-hander come up, and Jed was 
always in the same exact spot, would never <laughs> leave. It was Marcus Simeon who had to go from shortstop all the way out to the 3-4 hole and play short right field. And then when that right-hander comes, he had to go all the way back and left-hander comes in. So Marcus led the majors in uh, chances as a shortstop last year uh, because he was all over the field because Jed really never had to move. But with Profar, he's athletic enough. He could go out there and play there. But in spring training, I've seen them both. I've seen Marcus stay home and Profar play the hole, and I've also seen Marcus uh, move over there in the hole. So it'll be they interesting how they do that. Yeah, mm. apparently I talked to Simeon about it and Profar, and it seems like they, they got into a rhythm, uh, got into sync with a shortstop second base kind of combo really, really quickly. And so far that all looks very smooth. Now the A's open the season with 18 games in a row, which is the max you're allowed to, to play without a day off, I believe. Uh, and it's, it's tough, you know, especially you throw in coming back from Japan and all that, and then boom, right out of the gate, you play 18 in a row. What are the challenges potentially there, do you, do you think? Well, I guess your, your bullpen could be, be worn out within a week. Um, Bob Melvin hates this, and he doesn't hate many things, and he hates this. Um, it's not like he's trying to take the high road and say, oh, we'll make the best of it. He just doesn't like this at all, and, and maybe the A's should have expressed their opinion before taking on the trip to Japan, saying, okay, we'll go to Japan, but give us a, a day or two off in those first couple of weeks so that you know we can exhale. But for now, you know, they, they've named five starters, but it's not, it's not a great rotation, so how many innings will these guys go? Four, five, six tops? That's going to wear out your bullpen in a hurry. And they don't have a lot of relievers with a lot of options, right? Trevino, is that it? Yeah, and, and, and Wendelkin. Okay, so they can move those guys down after a, a, you know, a, a long... You don't want to move you, Trevino you don't. down. <laughs> you're right, so you're kind of stuck with your bullpen as is. Yeah. And that's a trouble, because well, you, you can we'll... blow these guys out. You know, and, you know, relievers just can't pitch every day. You well, can't be an opener every single day. I think the more likely thing is maybe somebody like Aaron Brooks, if he struggles at all, mm -hmm. getting... Yeah, he's out of options, so it would have to go through waivers. I think we would see something like that. And Daniel Mangdon probably come back pretty quickly, or Chris Bassett when he's recovered from that shin contusion he, he incurred in Japan. Uh, so they do have plenty of starters that they could bring up, uh, and uh, I, I think that might be kind of what we could see an opener. We could see we, an we, opener, we definitely. An with opener. Liam Hendricks will, might get a couple of starts here, as yeah. he did in yeah. uh, September. Not, okay. my, the, my least favorite thing in this first 18 games is the trip that goes from uh, Houston to Baltimore to oh. Texas. Oh. So stupid. Like, come on. It's already 18 games in a row. Just keep them in Texas for like a yeah. week before sending them to Baltimore. Don't make them go back. And that's another Texas. thing is when when Houston moved into the National League and, and then into the A's division, uh, the A's play, you know, 10 or 15% of their games inside the state of Texas. And they, they go in there, they play six series there. You know, they visit each you know, Arlington and Houston, three times each. Yeah. So they they should do a lot better job of making sure when a team does go in there, they like the both. NBA, yep. and, you know, they play San Antonio, they, they play Houston, they play Dallas, yeah. and you always go in there and play at least two yeah. out of those the A's, teams. The A's have played Houston and Texas on the same trip, like, maybe twice mm -hmm. in, like, the six years. That's terrible. Been going on. Yeah, that it's needs really, to improve. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Uh, now, the Angels are in town. 
Um, Mike, you're the national baseball writer. Mike Trout is, is the biggest news in baseball after his contract extension. Bob Melvin was actually kind of funny talking about him today. He's, he's like, you know, big fan of Mike Trout as everybody is, but he would, he would prefer not to see him in the division for uh, as many years as he's going to be there. What, what did you? I mean, this, this guy, he, he'd be an all-pro linebacker in the NFL, and, and he can run at his age, and, and that build is tremendous. One of the fastest players you'll see going first to third, up the line, and, you know, tagging. And he, he's got it all. It's unbelievable to watch him. And, it, it, you know, good for us. Bad for Bob Melvin, but good for <laughs> us. That, and the fans, you know, I guess it's bittersweet. He's going to be beaten up on the A's for the next 10 years, but what a treasure to be able to see him, yeah. just like Ichiro all these Ichiro, years. Ichiro, that's what I was just thinking. Mm -hmm. Ichiro was my favorite player to watch in baseball over the last, you know, whatever, close to yeah. 20 years yeah. it feels like. Uh, and he's gone now, and now we get Mike Trout in the division. So, uh, and have been lucky enough to have him. I just wish, you know, he's probably the least known superstar yeah. in a sport of any in American pro sport. Uh, and I, I wish, like, sort of just the general public, like the non-baseball fans public understood that this is a generational superstar like a you know a mantle or a dimaggio or a ted williams you know just a uh, just an unbelievable talent that people should be appreciating even if they don't follow baseball and th there's a pretty good commercial out i don't know if you've seen it but they have a, a press conference of about 10 or 12 big leaguers and trout is in the middle and, you know, Stanton and everybody, uh, Bregman, every, everybody who's good in baseball, it seems, is at this press conference. They probably filmed it, you know, in 10 different cities and put it all together uh, digitally. But it's tremendous. And, you know, not to spoil uh, everybody's... Uh, uh, Sounds like you're about to. Yeah, but, but at the end, um, when they, you know, Trout has a couple of cliches early, as he always does, and then, you know, this guy is predicting 70 home runs. This guy is predicting a no-hitter. This guy is predicting a World Series MVP. And then it goes to Trout. And what, what, are your, what are your thoughts, Mike? And he says, just let the kids play. <laughs> and I said, whoa, that's Griffey's line yeah. from last year. Remember when there was a classic commercial when all these broadcasters are ripping all the modern-day players for showboating and celebrating and all this stuff? Here comes Griffey at the end. Just let the kids play. And I thought that was tremendous. Perfect. Yeah. And now Trout's saying the same thing. Old man Mike Trout, it's Old 27. Trout. Let the yeah. kids play. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, John Shea. Sorry for spoiling you. Yeah, yeah it's a spoiler alert. Uh, John Shea, um, thanks as always for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Um, happy home opener to you, and uh, we will we will talk to you in the next week or two. Happy reopener. Happy reopener. You can find John Shea's work on sfchronicle.com, and he's at John Shea Hay on Twitter. Our producer today was Libby Coleman. We'll be back next week with another episode of A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe.